The Greg Kelly Show. I I was gone when this uh, Senate bill went down the tubes. Uh, one thing I was able to do, in, in addition to sitting on the couch, was read through it or try to read through it. Um, <laughs> it's 370 pages long, number one. Uh, 20 years ago, I heard from a member of Congress. His name was uh, Conyers. He pulls me aside, says, young man, I have to tell you, we don't read the bills. We don't read the bills. You don't actually think we read these bills, do you? (laughs) He actually said that in the documentary, and then I saw him later in real life. I was like, that's, yeah, it's true. They don't read the bills. They don't read these laws. And they know the gist of the part that they like. And they know if there's any, they know the general currents, maybe, what was most offensive about this thing was seeing the name, the, the, the word Ukraine in it so many times. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Uh, I thought this was about the border. These omnibus bills, they throw in all this stuff. And so you've got to, if you don't vote for it, we can show you, we can, we can show you like they're trying to do now. Well, you don't support uh, improving the border. Aha, aha, aha. It is a sick little Washington game. Now, the part that was um, ludicrous was the 5,000. That's our tolerance. 5,000 illegals before we shut down the border, which tells you that the border is shut downable. It is totally shut downable. And you don't need more Border Patrol agents. You just need the Border Patrol agents that we have, allow them to do their job. And there is so much, gosh, we have an army, essentially in the border patrol and we have an army in the army. We, the the executive branch has so many tools in its possession that could be utilized immediately. It would take executive orders to um, make that happen potentially, or it would just take an aggressive chief executive to just make it happen. Uh, So the bills are way too, well, the bills are corrupt and they're written in a way not to, uh, uh, not to facilitate democracy but to keep people in power and to keep us in the dark. Hey, I told you about Eric Adams. People still come up to me and tell me that, boy, you really had this guy's number from the beginning. Well, the beginning for me was like 1995 when I first became aware of him. And (laughs) I just knew that he was uh, not, not all there and all into himself. Cut 20, please. Cut 20. Look at my, look at my deputy mayors. First Deputy Mayor Sheena Wright, Deputy Mayor, stand up, stand up, they need to see you. Deputy Mayor Williams Ison, Deputy Mayor Mira Josie, Deputy Mayor Amazar, Deputy Mayor Maria Torres Springer. Have you Dude. ever seen this much chocolate leading the city of New York? All right. <laughs> this is a crazy person. Hey, what about the part where he starts talking about God and Jesus? Do me a favor, get that, because he starts flipping over tables, and I'm like, I'm like Jesus. Do you have that? Uh, all right, see what you can do, because he thinks all the opposition is coming down on him because of race, right? Because he had the, uh, he had the gumption to appoint a black person as police commissioner, right? A black person as police commissioner. Uh, we had police commissioners who were black 40 years ago. 40 years ago. He is insane. He is totally insane and has no ability to govern or political, but he can play the race card. 
I, I even saw people in the crowd that that didn't seem to really cut it. It didn't seem to cut it at all. Hey, when you start talking about Chocolate City, it reminded people, me included, of Ray Nagin, the mayor of uh, New Orleans. Remember back in the day? Cut 21. We as black people, it's time. It's time for us to come together. It's time for us to rebuild a New Orleans, the one that should be a chocolate New Orleans. And I don't care what people are saying uptown or wherever they are. This city will be chocolate at the end of the day. This city will be a majority African-American city. It's the way God wants it to be. You can't have New Orleans no other way. It wouldn't be New Orleans. It's part of our culture to talk about chocolate cities. Uh, you know, D.C. was the first chocolate city that uh, ever came on the map. Uh, Newark, Detroit, New Orleans. So for me, the vernacular of saying chocolate city was not a big deal. I have used that in speeches for three and a half years now. Uh, and I've even used it on Capitol Hill. So I didn't really think it was a big deal. Where I crossed the line was bringing God into the whole uh, you know, uh, discussion, and that's where I kind of zoned out. Saying that God wants New Orleans to be a chocolate city, and that God was punishing the United States. I, I, all that, I don't know where that came from. It was a crazy moment. Uh, you know, maybe I'm not getting enough sleep at night, but uh, that won't happen again. All right, so um, I think he went on to um, go to federal prison. Ray Nagin got into a lot of trouble, yelling and screaming. Oh, we have the part where he's, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Ray Nagin also was in over his head, just like, just like Eric Adams uh, in the middle of Hurricane Katrina. Could he govern? Could he actually respond? No, he could just yell his head off and scream. He needs help from the federal government. Cut 22. It's too doggone late. Now get off your asses and let's do something. And let's fix the biggest crisis in the history of this country. Get off your asses. Remember a couple of uh, months ago, Eric Adams, this will kill New York City. This will kill New York. Uh, oh, here's the part where it goes on like he's like Jesus. Yeah. I mean, we all want to be like Jesus, right, if you're Christian. But this is, um, this is not what we're thinking about when we, when we want to be like Jesus. Not, take a look. Ma'am, this is a Matthew 21 and 12 moment. Jesus walked in the temple. He saw them doing wrong in the temple. He did what? He turned the table Came over. I went to City Hall to turn the table over. All right. How did you do that? Uh, by appointing, uh, he says, well, he's getting all this grief because of what? He appointed Keechant Sewell, the police commissioner. All right. Keechant Sewell, who's a black woman. And that's why we're resisting him so much. Again, you go all the way back to the early 80s. We had black commissioners. This guy is a delusional, incompetent, unethical. Don't forget, he lived in New Jersey. He lived in New Jersey, and he conned and intimidated the media. Not because he's intimidating, right? But because, well, forgive me, but this is the way it is. It's true. His, uh, as, as Curtis would say, his, his complexion was his protection. And our white media, overwhelmingly white City Hall press corps, didn't feel comfortable. And I don't know if it's overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly white, but the press corps, the powers that be these days, not comfortable going after a, a black person. 
very comfortable going after an Asian person, very comfortable going after a woman, but not comfortable going after a, a black person, being seen as aggressive. That's that's just too touchy, right? That's just, uh, uh, that makes, uh, I don't know, that, uh, somebody could say I'm a racist, right? That, oh, can't do that. And that's how he got in. All right. Now, this is the full clip, right? This is the this is the this is the the money clip. It's all in there, the whole kit and caboodle. Where it goes uh, so take it from the top. Have you ever seen this much chocolate leading the city of New York? And then go down the line. Look look who's here. This is representative of the city. That's why people are hating on me. You trying to figure out why they're hating on me? They're hating on me because those are, how many of you go to church? Ma'am, this is a Matthew 21 and 12 moment. Jesus walked in the temple. He saw them doing wrong in the temple. He did what? I went to City Hall to turn the table over. First woman police commissioner of color. First Spanish-speaking police commissioner. First Spanish-speaking uh, uh, correction com com commissioner. Go through the line of what we're doing. In two years. That's right. Because that's how we do it when you're from Brownsville. And so I know that many of you may stand around and say, well, you know, Eric, we don't like this. We don't like that. We don't. I got it. I got it. I got it. That's the same thing they did to David Dinkins. Took us 30 years after what they did to David Dinkins. And who did we get after David Dinkins? Giuliani. Yeah. It was a setup for a setback. That's what it was. A setup? What? And you know what happened with David Dinkins? They wore him down so much that black folks didn't come out to vote. They said, you Does know this what? sound like the mayor of all the people? I mean, this sounds like a racist rabble rouser, right? Which is what he is. My goodness. What else did he say there? I mean, flat out wrong. He said the first Spanish-speaking police commissioner. Well, off the top of my head, I can think of another police commissioner who speaks Spanish. My father, Ray Kelly. <laughs> okay? You don't have to go back in his... I think there was a deputy police commissioner who was actually born in Spain. It, it, like, this is, he knows nothing. You have to remember that, right? I mean, this is, and the narcissism, the narcissism. It's, it's right out of Ray Nagin. It's not going to last. This, you remember he's under federal investigation right now, right? So he's really getting desperate. And the race card is Pretty soon, the only one he's got left. Uh, let's see here. Uh, he says, that's why they're hating on me, because I turned over tables and appointed the first Spanish-speaking uh, corrections commissioner. Wow. Or police commissioner. Now, we're hating on you because you suck, you don't work, you party all the time, you know nothing about administration, nothing about governance, uh, you're having a good time while the city is declining rapidly plummeting uh you boasted that this was a sanctuary city you invited everybody here and then you couldn't stop it then it was too late now you don't know how to stop it you're giving them uh, the, the 50 dollar credit cards you can't figure out how to play this 
the only thing you know how to do is get on TV. And I'll give you this. You can you play the New York Post because the New York Post, they also have this intimidation thing going, right? When it comes to people of color, they just, they're a little bit mixed. They, especially when it comes to identity politics, a black person, they just, ooh, any opportunity, okay, we're going to support him. We're going to be seen as supportive. And that will mean we are kind of with it. And that will be, it's a virtue signal. Hey, speaking of the New York Post, saw a couple of things today. It's a great newspaper, right? But let me ask you this. Does this make any sense to anybody in the world? Uh, Charlie Diamiello and Landon Barker break up after more than a year of dating. Charlie Diamiello and Landon Barker. Does anybody in the world know who these people are? Does anybody in the world know? I mean, I'm not talking, if you're 18, sure, right? Does anyone know? Let's see here. How about this? Uh, Tom Sandoval claims Ariana Maddox didn't pay any bills for their home for eight months. Does anybody know who they are? Tom Sandoval claims Ariana Maddox did not pay. These are major news stories in the New York Post. Um, you got to pay your bills, but who the hell care? Who are these people? Now, granted, they did break the Hunter Biden laptop story. Uh, good for them. Are they going to do it next time, though? This paper seems to be seriously adrift. And, oh, by the way, we can thank the New York Post for Eric Adams. Yeah, thanks for nothing. Be right back. Greg Kelly. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. is the Greg Kelly Show. You don't have to look uh, far uh, for migrant mayhem. It is all over the place. It's a real threat to people's security. I mean, uh, this is dangerous, uh, James Slippin. It's uh, uh, very disconcerting, very weird, and that this was allowed to happen. Anyway, it's a man-made problem. What's the latest on those guys who... uh, beat up the cops yeah and they were let go what where are they well so i know you said that you know while you were uh recovering you were reading parts of that border bill which more or less is collapsing as we speak yesterday a manhattan grand jury indicted one of the 14 migrants who allegedly attacked those two cops in times square two weeks ago and then today we heard about immigrations and customs enforcement having detained four of those migrants in arizona supposedly they were coming from texas to a Greyhound bus stop in Phoenix. So there were four detained, and what we're hearing is that they were part of the 14 that attacked these two cops in Times Square two weeks ago. Now, the uh, the grand jury thing, I mean, that was convened because of public, where, where everyone's that, mad. Fair to say that. Yeah, uh, there was a group of Republicans that um, from New York who wrote a letter to Governor Hochul demanding that 
Manhattan DA Bragg being removed over his handling of the situation. I mean, people are very upset that they were left let go without even asking for bail. And let me guess, Bragg has said nothing publicly? Um, no, Bragg has actually spoken about it. Originally, I think his defense to I it was... I saw him walking down the, the, the sidewalk with like 10 cameras around him. He didn't say a word and got into an SUV. He had a press conference where he spoke about that, in essence, they couldn't positively identify the people from the video, that there were you know 14 people in this video. They couldn't positively identify the individuals, and that's why they didn't ask for bail. All right. This must have been when I was sick. All right. Yeah, I think so this happened did on he Monday. Seem, did he seem defensive? Yeah, I would say so. I think he's on his heels a little bit over the whole issue because, you know, so often the – you know, kind of revolving door of arrest and letting people out and, you know, the way bail reform kind of changed things three years ago is kind of just ho-hum. Well, but, and if you don't think it's the guys, if you're saying to the public you don't know it's – if you arrested the guys and you don't know if they're the guys, <laughs> then I guess don't arrest them. Good point. Right? If you believe that these are the guys, that's why they were arrested, then treat them like – you know, you don't have to – you don't have to prove their – you don't hold a trial internally. Right. You hold a trial externally. There's probable cause. There's a whole kind of – you know, if there is the suspicion and it's based on some evidence, you're allowed to take major steps. Yeah, I don't know if maybe his point or, or contention is that you know some of the people on video kind of weren't kicking the cops but were involved in – you know, pushing some of the, I have no idea what his defense would be, but yeah, in essence, the severity of it not rising to, I guess, asking for bail was what Bragg felt on the defense about. Well, it seemed anyway. And also going after Trump aggressively, I mean, beyond aggressively, persecuting Trump, prosecuting Trump, and this kind of stuff, which really matters to people, blowing it off. And then apparently Andrew Giuliani was just telling me in the kitchen before he's coming up next that, uh, they're going after people with fake vaccine ID cards or something a, like a that? A judge just told them to get lost with that one. Oh, okay. A judge just told them, they said, hey, you guys are prosecuting, uh, or this is something that is not going to get by me. You know, the ju- a judge, finally, we had some wisdom from a judge. And I think, you know, there are all kinds of uh, laws that judges are supposed to follow, right? I mean, not laws, but guidelines. Guidelines. We should put... I don't know. Some of these judges are actually worthy, you know? I really, really was impressed. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. So you may have heard about this case in Michigan. Uh, the, the mother of a school shooter was just convicted of uh, involuntary manslaughter. Her name was uh, Crumbly, and um, (laughs) I think the case is uh, pretty crazy. Let's see here. Jury finds Jennifer Crumbly guilty of involuntary manslaughter in son's school shooting. Jury has found Jennifer Crumbly, the mother of Michigan school shooter Ethan Crumbly, guilty of involuntary manslaughter in connection with the shooting deaths of four students at Oxford High School in November of 2021. Crumbly was found guilty of four counts of involuntary manslaughter in connection with the shooting, one for each victim. Uh, One victim was 17, another 16, one 14, and another 17. The jury deliberated for roughly 11 hours beginning Monday morning. Sentencing is scheduled for April 9th. She's been in jail for two years, by the way. 
uh, couldn't make the bond. Her husband is in jail as well. He's going to be tried separately. Jennifer and James Crumbly are a rare case of parents being charged in connection with a shooting carried out by their son. James Crumbly, who also faces four counts of involuntary manslaughter, will have a separate trial in March. The jury four-person told ABC News uh, as she was walking to her car that the verdict came down to the fact that Jennifer was the last adult with the gun. Ethan Crumbly was 15 years old at the time of the shooting, has been sentenced to life in prison for killing four students and injuring seven others at Oxford High School. He had pleaded guilty to 24 charges. In the days-long trial, prosecutors presented damning evidence of the Crumbly parents who sought their who bought their son the gun used in the shooting, failing to respond to warning signs exhibited by the shooter prior to the attack. School officials had called the Crumbly parents to the school the morning of the shooting after finding violent drawings he had done on a school assignment. He was also caught searching online for bullets at school, watching shooting videos in class, and drawing violent images on several other papers. School officials testified that the parents chose not to take their son home despite the school telling them to get him immediate help and offering them facilities that provided same-day mental health care services. The parents told the school they could not take him home because they both had to return to work and that if he left school, he would walk home and be alone. School officials, who were worried about his mental health, did not think it was a good idea for him to be alone since they were concerned he was considering suicide. The parents chose to send him back to class and told the school that they would get him mental health care. Jennifer Crumbly and her attorney, Shannon Smith, argued that the school had been nonchalant during the meeting and did not insist he be taken home. Uh, Wow. During the trial, the CEO of the company where Jennifer Crumbly worked testified that she could have left work if she needed to care for her son or she could have brought him back with her to the office. On the stand, Crumbly admitted that she would have been able to not return to work. Admitted that she would have been able to not return to work. Okay. Yeah, I mean, after the fact, I feel like this woman should not be in jail. I feel like this woman is being singled out in large part because she is white and she is a woman. And this is the Karen effect. This is the Karenization of white women. You are paying a big price here. Now, I know she feels terribly, terribly about what happened. And she feels responsibility. But criminal responsibility? And I didn't know it came down to that one day. They had a conference with the teachers. James, what do you think? I mean, just, you know, frankly, when the story came down yesterday, I found myself pretty upset. By it because I just feel like there's so much with this school shooting that's all about obfuscation of blame. Just find somebody else to blame. Just just keep on pushing it down the road. Find somebody else to blame. And in this case, I guess it's the kid's mom. You know, the kid, Ethan Crumbly, he's already in prison for the rest of his life. He took that gun and actually shot people dead that day. But now the mom, because let's not forget manslaughter, you want to use that word, it's a form of murder, right? So apparently she is guilty of murder for what happened that day. But is the school counselor brought up on any charges? Are any of those teachers being blamed for like supposedly saying this guy's a threat and something needs to happen? Not that I've heard. Also, like there's a parent-teacher conference, and the kid is borderline, right? But there's a conference. It's not like it was a medical issue. Hey, 
if they thought he was suicidal, if the school thought he was suicidal, that's when you call the ambulance. That's when you call 911. That's when you call the cops if you got a suicidal person. So there's that. I mean, the parents also thinking, well, it's not good for him to be alone. We got to go to work. I mean, I, 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 I just don't, I think that is kind of a conversation that happens at school. And you, I, I also just think it's absolutely crazy that supposedly they, the jury deliberated for 11 hours. Really? I mean, this is a landmark legal case. We're holding parents responsible for school shootings now. If that's what we're doing, then okay, I guess that's what we're doing. But 11 hours of deliberation to decide that? And they brought out some things, ooh, some very unsavory things about the mother. All right? So get this. She had hobbies. She liked to go skiing, and she liked to... Uh, was it ride motorcycles or go mountain back, uh, mountain climbing or something like that? She definitely liked to ski. Oh, she was a horseback rider. And she they say she wasn't spending enough time with the kid. Well, I mean, you can't go to prison for that. And then there's the part about, okay, she was having an affair with a married firefighter. Okay. I mean, you can't go to jail for that. But you can make somebody look if you want them to look real bad in court. You can make anybody look like the worst person in the world. And I just feel like, you know, maybe issues of negligence, child endangerment. I don't really know the specificity of the law. You know, maybe some civil case where you could hold her responsible, uh, all that kind of stuff. But manslaughter? Having a gun in certain parts of the country is like, I mean, it's like a kitchen appliance. It's not It's not like a big deal to have a gun in the house. But, I mean... Most con- most houses, most dwellings, most residences for most of this country's, well, I don't know if I want to say that, but for a good long time in the, let's say the 1800s, if there was a house, there was probably a gun in it, right? A musket, a revolver, something, right? The Wild West, anybody? It just wasn't, you know, when I was in Iraq, um, we would go on raids with the troops, uh, suspected terrorist cell. And, you know, by the way, they knocked on the wrong door a lot. <laughs> but uh, if they found each house was authorized to have one AK-47. And every house basically did. One one machine gun per, per house. It wasn't a machine gun, but whatever. I don't know. I think there's something. And you know what I mean? They made her look pathetic as possible. And I guess the situation is kind of pathetic. And I think they're paying a price in part because... Of race, and I'm trying to envision. You know, she's. Let's take a look at her. She's. Uh, you know, look. She doesn't look great. You know, she's overweight. Hasn't had her hair done in a year, and she's sitting there on the stand, and she looks pathetic. If you take that same person and make them black, I can already feel the universal sympathy for this figure. You know, and uh, but because she's white, she doesn't get any. That's what I think's going on. Sorry, and maybe she, should, and maybe she was a terrible mother, and yeah, but she's paying that price internally, externally, whatever. I don't know. There's, I think there's a lot of anger, a lot of pain, and a lot of all that about school shootings, and it happens over and over and over again. But I don't know that individual parents are really who should be held responsible for the answer to that i mean criminally responsible what about video games what about all the drugs we're putting kids in i've look in there was a turning point like 19 
80, I think, is when they started handing out pills like crazy. We had no mass shootings in schools. We had guns everywhere. We had no mass shootings in schools. Uh, we started handing out pills like crazy and uh, video games galore. And the video games we grew up with, you know, shooting rocks, uh, you know, playing tennis, you know, primitive electronic tennis. And now these games are, I mean, they're so immersive and they're so violent. I was taken aback. I mean, I've been to war. I've never seen this kind of stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you follow the bullet into the guy's brain and then you watch it explode. I mean, like it's so unbelievably beyond graphic. And I anyway, so there's a lot of blame to go along. I don't think this woman should be singled out like this. All right, fair enough. There, you what do you know? Let's talk to Mike for a moment in Wayne. Mike. Yes, how are you? Hi. If I was if I was Adams, I wouldn't be bragging about, you know, ethnicity, how the city's being ran. And also in regards to the assault on these police officers, let's not forget. They have their service revolver on them. God forbid one gets kicked in the head and knocked out, and they get a handle on their gun. I truly think it should be attempted murder charges, if you ask me. Uh, attempted murder may be, stre- may be a stretch. Uh, but look, you can go to jail for many years for uh, some uh, assault charges. Hey, you make me think of something, though. You're right. They got the gun there, and it's not a revolver. It's a 9 millimeter. And it's in the holster, and if somebody gets to it, you know, that they're in real danger. And you got to be thinking the entire time, I got a gun next to me when you're fighting. I think they fight, in a way, cops, when they're fighting on the ground like that. Like, in a way, they're protecting the weapon. You know what I mean? It's not just about defending themselves or subduing the other guy. They got to remember, they got a weapon here that they have to protect and not only are they wrestling with somebody on the ground, that there's somebody else kicking him in the head, and is that guy going to get the... It's not a fair fight, obviously. I just thought, like, you raised the point, and I think, yeah, I never thought of it before, but they have to protect that weapon while they're while they're fighting. Uh, it's probably a stretch, um, attempted murder, but something real bad, followed by deportation, of course. Thanks, Mike. Robert, you're in Suffolk. Hi, Greg. History shows communists have taken over countries from within. And that is what is happening in this United States now. You realize that? Uh, what? No, I get you. I get you. I've heard about this uh, before. And, uh, yeah, you're not wrong. This is, uh, you know, this is kind of a thing. Yeah, countries de- decay from within. Now, Robert, I don't want you getting any crazy ideas on how you're going to fix this, all right? Just, you know, I need you to vote, and I need you to give money, and I need you to write letters and get on the phone and be an active citizen, okay? Yes, I am. And people should not vote for Democrats because they are the liberal, far-left, progressive socialists who are following the Communist Manifesto playbook, word for word. Everything they're doing and not doing is to take over this country using mass immigration to start with. It's not about votes. It's about taking over our country. 
Well, don't, wait, don't you think it's a little bit about votes? Uh, don't you think they, they want these people to vote uh, a certain way? And the more that come in or they can represent them voting a certain way? Or are you talking about the uh, the Chinese nationals who are coming in and we suspect that they may be engaging in outright warfare at some point with the United States? I mean, saboteurs, blowing up things, poisoning reservoirs, and the and you name it. Yes, it's the Chinese are more to try to take over the United States first, and also the drug lords. They're in it for the money, what they can get out of it. The Islamic fundamentalists, Islamic fundamentalists, they just want to destroy America. So all three of these groups, of which comprise 10 to 12 percent of the illegal immigrants, this is from Customs and Immigration Service and the FBI, of the, all the illegal aliens who have come into this country, there's over 10 million now. That's over a million guys, mostly who are military-aged young men who could be activated and become an entrenched mercenary force. Biden has been aiding this by sending thousands of National Guard overseas, weakening us in our home states. Why is he doing that? All right, before you freak anybody else out, uh, what do you do for fun, Robert? Well, I rescue cats. I listen to music, write poetry. Oh, thank God. I'm glad you had an answer to that. I thought you were trying to. Uh, Robert, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Are you retired? Yes. Yes. All right. Wholesome activities. Wholesome activities, Greg. Yeah, no, that's that's good. That's good. Well, keep it up. You're super informed. You got You got what's going on, and it's terrible. Don't lose the optimism, though, all right? All right. I don't think we're going to, I I think we're going to win. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to be law abiding. We are going to be savvy like snakes, right? We got to be, you got to be, and uh, it can work. It can work. We got to be vigilant. We got to be active and I appreciate it. And Robert, I admire you. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. This is The Greg Kelly Show. At the top of the show, I uh, showed you how Ronald Reagan dealt so decisively, so effectively, when our troops were targeted, uh, not on the battlefield, but at a discotheque. At a discotheque in in West Berlin, uh, there was a terrorist attack. Well, the Reagan team, they were able to trace that terror attack to Libya. Libya, at the time was uh, funding uh, terrorism all over the world, right? So uh, Muammar Gaddafi, this is 1986. So 10 days later, what did Reagan do? He ordered the Air Force and the Navy to pound the hell out of Libya. <laughs> not some proxy somewhere, not some uh, you know shed in the woods. No, Libya uh, and downtown Tripoli. In fact, they dropped bombs on uh, Qaddafi's backyard, <laughs> literally on his backyard, uh, they weren't they weren't fooling around. Uh, Joe Biden's response to what happened to our soldiers is so lame and late and weird. It uh, begs a lot of questions, and uh, you know it also reminds me. It's amazing 
the quality dispersion, the quality differential between President Reagan, right? I mean, man, we were lucky to have him. And Joe Biden, this derelict, this bum. Um, Now, I think this kind of says a lot right here. This was kind of a big deal when it happened three years ago, but it's, uh, it's still instructive. So the Coast Guard Academy is up in New London, Connecticut. Has anyone ever been there? I've never been there. I Anyway, the Coast Guard Academy, and there's this joke that goes, I guess this joke is funny if you're in the Coast Guard. Uh, I don't find it particularly funny, but Ronald Reagan totally sold it. He told this Coast Guard joke that the Coast Guard loves to hear. It's a joke on the Navy, actually. He said this during a commencement address. He's speaking to the cadets, and, uh, well, he just nails it. Listen to this. My Coast Guard aides have been excellent. One of them taught me that, and I quote, the Coast Guard is that hard nucleus about which the Navy forms in time of war. All right. The Coast Guard is that hard nucleus around which the Navy forms in time of war. All right, I get it. Like, the, the Coast Guard is the real important part, right? The Coast Guard, the nucleus. Um. So Joe Biden is in the exact same spot 40 years later, delivering the um, commencement address to the Coast Guard Academy. You know the joke, right? Listen to Joe try to try to do it, totally botches it, and then he blames the audience. <laughs> Go ahead. I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are quite, you're a really dull class. I mean, come on, man. Is the sun getting to you? I would think you'd have an opportunity when I say that about the Navy to clap, but being here together. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> it's kind of like a metaphor, right? For where we are, how we have so fallen, just like that joke was so bastardized <laughs> and he blames the audience for not laughing. That is uh wow. All right. So actually I am kind of curious cause you heard what I said about this, uh, that lady in Michigan, Janet, real quick, you don't, you, you, you think that she's a bad lady? Yes. I'll give you the reasons that I heard on your station this morning. First of all, she bought her 16-year-old. She gave him that as a birthday present, the 9-millimeter. He also, which I forgot to Well, lots of people do that, and it was legal, but keep going. Okay. The school had called the parents, the mother and the father, to please come up. They were having a problem with their son, and please let's come and discuss it. And the mother said, no, it's okay. We love him. He's a good boy, and we understand him. Janet, I mean, I'm sorry, but it doesn't enter your mind readily that your son is about to commit murder, right? The kid had never, like, harmed an animal, had never, you know, done anything. It just, it's a big leap, a big leap. And she's already been in jail for two years. Enough already. Thank you, and I'll see you later.